Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. We should mention to all of you, Southern California will be at the uh, Huntington Beach Rec Room on August 12th, Saturday night, doing a headlining set of comedy. It's going to be super fun down there. If you're in Ann Arbor, Michigan, we'll be at the uh, Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase on the 8th and 9th of September. And the 5th and 6th, I believe, of... uh, October will be at the uh, Comedy Fort in Fort Collins. I want to say this. Uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts asked the pros. Forgot to read this last hour. It's time to ask the pros where you, the clones, and the sclones get to ask us a question brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Go to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros and submit your question. Be listening later in the show, and we might answer it. Thank, yeah. thank O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. I want to read one tweet before we get to our guest. Just, Jamie okay. in Green Bay. Uh, it's Clyde Brothers. That's a nice Hawaiian shirt. Thank Need you. any Raider fans when you got it? Hey, Kenny, get down from get there. Get down eh? from underneath there. Get, get down. the kettle chips. Get, the, get down from under there. Get He's down. up and down. And, get and down. Uh, I'm excited. We uh, Roll. Are you, do you want to talk some tennis? I do want to talk tennis. I want to talk tennis. Are we back? As America, do we have people to root for? Do we have hope on the men's side? Well, I think you got. We got. We got to ask. We we did ask the pros. Let's ask the Gimmelstab, shall we? Yes. Justin Gimmelstab is on the phone right now. Uh, Justin, thanks for joining us, man. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. You guys are hilarious. I, I love your work. So. Oh, thanks, that man. Fun well, to be on with you guys. I'm so happy you're here. Uh, Jay and I, last time we were here guest hosting the show, it was Wimbledon, as we like to call it. And uh, people were having sex in the prayer rooms. It was getting down. <laughs> it, it was, was insane <laughs> in Wimbledon. It was a very natural surface. That's as a it were. very different tea and crumpets, if you know what I mean. But, <laughs> but uh, Justin, our. our as as fans of U.S. tennis, as guys who grew up with, you know, in the day with Jimmy Connors and John McEnroe and then, you know, Courier and The and calves Agassi, of Michael the Chang. The calves of the glorious calves of Michael Chang. I want to, and you in the late 90s, I mean, I want to see American tennis, especially on the men's side, be healthy again. Can you put us into a context of where we are now with Give us hope. Tiafo and Eubanks and, and whatnot? I mean, one of the challenges, look, when we grew up, one of the challenges for us when you think about American tennis is that we were spoiled for so long, right? Yep. I mean, like, right. we started off, there was McEnroe and, and Connors, um, mm-hmm. and then there was Sampras, Agassi, Chang, Courier, Todd Martin, Mal Washington, like, so many Americans yeah. that just absolutely dominated the sport, and, you know, now it's about expectations and relativity, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. kind of like in other sports, tennis has become so international right and it's such a priority in every other country it's probably the second most popular sport internationally around the world everywhere you go whereas tennis well obviously it has its place it's more of a niche sport and you know obviously uh, most of our best american athletes gravitate towards other sports i think you've kind of seen a shift in that way that being said i mean once again it's all relative not compared to the times when we were just dominating at the Grand Slam level and world number ones, but we do have two Americans in the top 10. I mean, mm-hmm. Taylor Fritz is nine, Piazza mm-hmm. is 10. Fritz just won in Atlanta yesterday, which is great. Mm-hmm. You have Tommy Paul, who is 14 in the world, and he's a absolute 
stud yeah. at the semifinals of the Australian Open. You have a lot of good stories. Like you mentioned, Chris Eubanks, which is an amazing story, breaking through late, got to the quarterfinals of Wimbledon. and 27 and years just, old, like an older guy. He's not 19 is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, he's just the easiest guy in the world to root for. He's the nicest guy. He's yeah. thoughtful. Like, I mean, he was he was on the Challenger Tour for years, like mm-hmm. trying to make ends meet, doing some side hustle commentary for Tennis Channel. Amazing. And he's just, I mean, he's you can't find anyone that doesn't have positive things to say about him. Um, and then you have other really good players like uh, Sebastian Corda, yeah. who's uh, ranked high, and he's, his father was you know, a Grand Slam champion, and his sisters are golf champions mm-hmm. um and you have a lot of really good players riley opelka was knocking on the door unfortunately he got hurt uh, jensen brooksby was knocking on the door he got hurt um but you know there are a lot of really good americans in this whole generation you had you know, john isner's yeah you know, a top 10 player um but yeah since roddick winning the u.s open we haven't had an american male singles grand slam champion but we are I think there's a stat. I think we have maybe the most top hundred players in men's tennis, um, but you know, and obviously on the women's side, we have some good stories. Jessica Pagula is a great story in the top ten. Coco Goff is. I saw her in Atlanta. She did an exhibition. I was blown away by her, just that, her physicality and her yeah. athleticism and how yeah. impressive she was. She is and how young she is. She's going to be a stars is taking probably a little bit more time than some people and patient people would like but there are a lot of positive stories but i, I hear you it's, the other part is you have these top players like i mean Djokovic. Djokovic is, is insane is a, a freak and and i mean let's just talk briefly about that wimbledon final the wimbledon final yep. the, i don't think i've ever seen a match where because you in tennis you see guys just start committing unforced errors for whatever they're mental. They, they, or fall you see the flow go away and you're like, eh, it's, it's going this but way. I don't think I've ever seen a final at a, at a grand slam event where guys won points. They didn't, they weren't losing points. It was passing shot after passing shot, cross court shot, drop shot, but everyone was making the right shot and you were seeing winners more than you saw. Like it's going long or it's in the net. Well, I'm impressed. You got, I mean, I'm not, not even not even being uh, um, just pandering, but you know, most when you, when I come on a lot of bigger sports type talk shows, like obviously tennis isn't as I yeah. said, it's more of a new sport. The, the hosts don't generally know aren't as nuanced and understanding it. Your your analysis is spot on. Thank you. Like the quality of tennis and the winning of points. Um, is was phenomenal, and the level of tennis is phenomenal. I mean, you're getting incredible athletes, incredible shot makers. I always like to say that I think tennis players might be amongst the best athletes in the world when you consider all the things that a tennis player has to do relative to other athletes, right. being an individual sport, mm-hmm. the endurance, the technique, the mental side, the physicality, all those things. Decision making. Um, mm-hmm. And Strategy. Jokers, I think, might be the best athlete in, in the world right now. And then you have young players that are knocking on the door and, and pushing through the door like Alcaraz did at mm-hmm. at Wimbledon or Sinner is right there, Holger Rune. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have some really, really impressive uh, athletes at the top of the sport. And that's the problem for when you talk about Americans winning majors on the men's side. You know, the problem with tennis, unlike say even baseball or something like where great teams win 100 games and lose 62. In tennis, if you're a little bit better than someone, you beat them almost every time, yeah. especially in a best-of-five-set match in Grand Slams. It's not like 
you know, it's it, because of the repeatability and because there's, there, you're, it's one versus one and it's individual. Um, so like, for example, like Taylor Fritz, like Taylor Fritz is, and Francis Tiafo, they have great serves, awesome backhands, they move well, but like Alcaraz and Djokovic at this stage are just doing it a little bit better. So That's to win right. that a best of five set match seven times in a grand slam, you know, I think they're there and I think it's going to happen eventually. Um, there was another kid, uh, Nicholson, an 18-year-old kid that got to the finals in Newport a couple of year, uh, weeks ago. Yeah, um, he's really impressive. I think you know down the road he could you know break through and he's going to be a, a star in the game. But um, you know, it's just it it really is an amazing time in the sport, and the sport just keeps regenerating new stars. Um, but this and all leading up to the U.S. Open in a couple of weeks, but. Can't wait. Kid Alcaraz is, is he's unbelievable. Really for, special for him to do it on grass. That's like not even his surface, but he's so young. It's and like, for him to be down to such a legend, Djokovic, so and then continue and come back. That, that and is find the thing. Him. So, so in the in the Eubanks Medvedev match, which you know Jay and I, of course, were like, who's rooting for Medvedev? Not one person other than his family. Not one person. Uh, maybe not even. His I don't family. think there's a Medvedev fan club. I mean, but we were all rooting for Eubanks. I said if he does, if Eubanks doesn't win this tiebreaker, it's over. To your point, that like the longer the match goes on, the more it favors the higher seated guy or the guy who just, like you said, just repeatable over time. I was like, he's got to get it here. He has to win this tiebreaker, and then of course, and he's five and zero in tiebreakers at Wimbledon. You're like, he's got it. Come on, man, close the door. And and it just, you know, those are the moments, and it tells you exactly how difficult. You're someone who was on who made it far. You made it deep, semifinal of an Australian Open. Am I correct? Uh, you're being generous. I don't. I don't want to ever correct you when you're when you're increasing my quarterfinal. I, I did in doubles. I did in doubles. In doubles. Singles, I didn't. Um, but I, I appreciate it. I'll take that. Let's take um, it all for manipulating public perception. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's manipulate. Incredibly, I was incredibly uh, consistently average. But uh, like I said, that's why. I'm, that's why I promote how great everyone else was, so it yeah. doesn't make me feel quite as bad. <laughs> well, no, I mean, but you're right. Just if you if you got to get your chances where you get your chances. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back that you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. I thought in that what was amazing to me in the Wimbledon final was Djokovic, who is remarkably reserved as a guy. He doesn't show emotion hardly ever. When he took his racket and slammed Slammed it it against against the the post— it looked to me like he injured his hand because on the next three forehands, he hit them wildly out. And I said, this match is over. Right now, it's over. But he summoned something in deep inside of his vegan lifestyle. And he pulled out. He, I, I couldn't believe he came back from what looked like a hand, a self-inflicted hand injury. Were you thinking that too when he was like... Man. Yeah, he definitely stung it there. He snapped. I mean, look, look Djokovic is... You know, I'm a huge fan. I have so much regard for him, both personally and professionally. But like, you know, he does. He he keeps a lot in, and he definitely keeps snaps. a lot and I think in. He snapped the, the fifth set there when he had that break point. 
that amazing defense that Alcaraz mm-hmm. played, and they threw up that ball that Djokovic didn't know whether to hit, right. and he missed that kind of Half swinging volley, yeah, right. overhead type thing on break point. That was a big tipping point in that match. But like you said, it's amazing that Alcaraz hung in there. And probably if we look back, if you said, look, on July 31st, Djokovic and Alcaraz were going to split matches between the French Open and Wimbledon. You would have thought Alcaraz would win the French. That's right. And Djokovic would win Wimbledon, and right? Vice and versa, yeah. It flipped and it. I think it is impressive, like you said, like for Alcaraz, a player who's not, you wouldn't think of the natural grass quarter to kind of like what Nadal did early in his career. I mean, what Nadal did winning the Wimbledon so early in his career with those extreme grips and his mm-hmm. aptitude for play was astonishing. And now to see Alcaraz just be like a sponge and just like you said, just kind of like learn how like, to it's play. Like, it's like, it's like AI. It's yeah. like, you see it like taking on, like just taking on more information. He's down five Oh, in the first set of the Wimbledon final. And then like a couple hours later, he just like reprograms and takes on information and like beats a guy who's essentially had been unbeatable on center court at Wimbledon for almost a decade. Yeah. Um, it was a pretty special thing to, uh, thing to watch a guy that's 16 years his senior with like so much totally. more tennis and experience it's it's interesting because there was a great documentary the fire and ice documentary Borg yes. McEnroe I remember watching that Wimbledon tiebreaker live and you know the the point at which the younger McEnroe beat an older Borg that seemed to be like a crazy tipping point for the two of them and then Borg right. was just so it is amazing and I think age has something to do with it in a certain way but like when the younger player defeats the older player and you say to yourself okay the tide might be turning it's edible right do <laughs> it's not I don't know if it's edible but do you believe that that like sort of when the younger player makes that initial sort Breakthrough. Of, yeah. Proof that they can do it. Right. That it has. Yeah, I think it, for sure. I think it'll be interesting. Now you have the U.S. Open, which is such a neutral surface. Right. And, you know, Djokovic has been the best hardcore player of all time. But yet Alcaraz won the U.S. Open last year. But then Alcaraz, but Djokovic wasn't allowed to play. He so wasn't you, have that, you have that great storyline, right? Sure, sure. So you have that leading into it. Then you have, you know, you have Medvedev, who beat Djokovic in the finals of the U.S. Open a couple of years ago. He's a great hardcore player. Great. So that's. That's a great storyline. You have the young players with Holger Rune and Sinner. Sinner had that epic five-setter with Alcaraz last year. Right. And then, like you said, now now we have the Americans. So you have Tiafo who got to the semis last year, yep. lost in the fifth set to Alcaraz. So that's see how he handles that. You have mm-hmm. Taylor Fritz, who's top 10. You have Tommy Paul, like I said, who's 14. And you have this next wave of Americans, Corda, Eubanks. I uh, love it. You have, it's so you exciting. Have, uh, ben Shelton. We haven't mentioned him. Ben Shelton, who... Won a national championship at Florida, and his father was a player, so he's got a great pedigree. You got JJ Wolf is in the top fifty, um, you know. So you have some really, uh, you know, some some nice storylines heading into uh, heading into the last major of the year. And the U.S. Open is a very uh, a very fun, entertaining event. It's like it's a total New York. Oh my God! It's like Matt. You guys, you guys would play well with that. Like you guys, I'm sure you, you guys must have done some bits about the U.S. Open. Over I mean, the year, we've yeah? we I we should do comedy at the U.S. Open. I want to. How do great it. would that be? Because Let's go. There you is guys, a. Mo- you guys should. There's a. There, you guys should totally get some. Like you guys would kill. That it would be totally your scene. You guys should totally get like. You guys should get. Uh, like Who a, do we talk? Is just hang on a second. Is Justin Gimmel? Why is Gimmelstab doing more for is, us than our management? Is Gimmelstab now our agent? I have no idea. We'll talk to you about it off air. <laughs> just no, figure I mean, it I'm out. A, I'm, a, I'm a literally. I'm a hundred percent serious. Like, Let's you guys, make it happen. You guys would be a perfect. I mean, first of all, because there's 
There's a whole kind of celebrity thing at night, yeah, like yeah. the night section. So he fun. just bumped us like up to celebrities. celebrities. I'd I'd take that. It. I'll take it. I'll take no, no, it. I'm talking about you, you guys are. Oh, we'd be selling. We'd be entertaining. Like, like the interview that I'm like sure, about yeah. the tennis and stuff. Yeah. There's a whole like, you know, like night food scene and totally. like drinks. I don't know. There's some unbelievable stat. You got to guys got to do some research on like the honeydew, like the, the the drinks, like how many drinks were consumed at last last year, like these like twenty dollar mock. You know, cocktails. I can crazy. only imagine. The honey deuce, I think. It's like uh, honey honey $7 deuce million dollars worth of honey deuces. It's an amazing summer. Of, first of all, it's hot. It's so hot. It's like the yeah. uh, everyone is And dying. you capture the fact that, you know, baseball isn't in the home stretch yet. College football kind of hasn't really started the yet. The NFL is just NFL is still in camp. So the, you get the main focus of the casual sports fan, and it's a distinctly American New York event. The crowds are raucous. I love the post interview. I'll never forget when, like, we were thinking, okay, Roddick's the next guy. 2003, he wins. Then the next year, he faces off against Djokovic. Djokovic beats him in a tough match. And then the post interview with Djokovic, like, he's like, I'm sorry. Nobody wanted me to win. Nobody wanted me to win. I'm maybe the only guy in this whole arena. Do you remember that? And, like, everyone cracks. Dude, they went at it. I don't know. I mean, some people knew about it. There's a little bit of a story, but they went at it in the locker room. Did they? After the match, yeah. No way. See, that's Oh, yeah, yeah. Go look back. Yeah, go look. I'm sure sure some people picked it up, but they went at it in the locker room after that match. Wow. Wow. That's great. Actually, just just show you, I think I'm pretty sure I don't, I'm I'm pretty sure the next year Roddick actually lost. Oh, maybe. Like super upset in the first round. I think it was the year after. The year after that, 2005. But they went at it in the locker room. It was like, it was a whole thing. Oh, my God. That's fascinating. Erotic had the pressure. All right. So, so you, you'd mentioned the women's thing. We'll, we'll do this and then we'll, we'll hop off. But the, uh, you know what's crazy is for years and years, and again, growing up, the women's game was already predetermined. It was Martina, then it was Steffi, and then it was Monica, and it was like you knew who it was for years who was going to win these matches. Then With it was Wimbledon, the Williams sisters. Then it was Williams sisters, and then it was over. But like Jabor making it into the finals, as was she unranked even? Like you're just kind of saying to yourself, the, has the women's game ever been as wide open as it is right now? I agree. It's there is a there. There seems to be a lot of opportunity now. The uh, Swatek, uh, I'm yeah. sorry, mutilating her name, Iga. She is a she's done incredible things, and she's kind of the head and shoulders kind of number one, having won a you know a ton of majors. She's won the French again. She right. won the U.S. Open last year, but you know she's on. She has she's a bit vulnerable on some of the faster surfaces or lower bouncing surfaces. But then you have the. Uh, Rybakina, who won Wimbledon last year, and she's she's super impressive. And you have Sabalenka, who came through and won the, the Australian Canadian. Open, but she's such a emotional wild card. But she hits the ball so big. Yeah. Then you have the consistent Pagula, who's you know so solid and a great story. Yep. But yeah, the Onus Anz Jabor is just an amazing story. So Obviously, fun everything that she brings to it. She doesn't look like an athlete. I'm like I, I'm rooting for it because she looks like us. I'm just like. You can get behind. That's what I love about tennis is that crowd like, favorite. Cra- crowds can get behind people just because they like. Remember, and, and this is the last thing I'll say. We often say this on thing. Yvonne Lendl looked like a James Bond villain. Like between totally. cha- changeovers, he would have two Doberman pinchers like sitting down. Yeah, he'd flip a Ross, Ross to and just him pet and them. And like they... I expect you to die, but you know he was <laughs> no, like, Mister <laughs> Mister McEnroe. I expect <laughs> you, you to die. die. No, but like that. And then you see a Jabor. You're like, oh my god, I love this woman. I love this woman. Like, please let her win she i'm she's got to win for all of us at the bar you know what i mean 
I know. She's yeah. I mean, she did. She got the two Grand Slam finals last year. She yeah. lost in the finals of Wimbledon, and then she lost in the finals of the U.S. Open. But you know, this there's a little bit of like a Novotna feel to it, where it's like she's yeah. always openly expressed how like Wimbledon is the biggest thing for her, yep, and then she yep. got back to the final this year, Amazing. and it seemed like she just froze up. I, I don't know if yeah. it was physically she was just worn out after such big wins against Sabalenka. And, Huge wins. And, yeah, and then yeah, you know, and if she just. But she, I'm gonna root you know, I mean, all credit, all credit to Vondrasova. I mean, she, she sure. took the final, and that's the great thing about tennis is like you go out there and you do your thing. Want one thing, and one gets it. But she, you know, she's an amazing story, and she's so well liked and respected by her peers. So, and obviously, what she brings to the table in terms of, yeah, you know, um, what she what she means to you know female empowerment and and female athletes. I and, love her. I love her. I'm a, if she broke through, yeah. I agree. All right, Justin Gimmelstab. Thanks, dude. Thanks for all of your love time. Love talking here. to you. Man. Great insights. We'll we see you when we're entertaining at the U.S. Open. Are you we'll come to our I podcast. They have like a radio. Like sometimes I, remember, I know we'll Chris do Russo does a thing there sometimes. Like we're better than Chris it. Russo. I'm joking. I, I love that. You guys guy. should camp out. I'm just saying, you guys should camp out right outside like the Let's players' lounge, locker room, and just. Interview players. Our new agent. The whole thing. You guys will kill it. Our new agent, Justin Gimmelstab. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we got... Thanks, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Maybe Ozzy Guillen. Maybe? I don't I hope know. so. Pierre Maguire in hour three. What are we doing here? Satterfeld. Satterfeld. U.S. Cellular knows how important your kid's relationship with technology is, and they have made it their mission to help them establish good digital habits early on. That's why they have partnered with Screen Sanity, a nonprofit dedicated to helping kids navigate the digital landscape. And for a smarter start to the school year, U.S. Cellular is also offering a free basic phone on new eligible lines, providing an alternative to a smartphone for kids. Start smarter with U.S. Cellular. Visit uscellular.com slash built for us to find out more. Restrictions to apply. Visit uscellular.com for terms. I mean, th- this song, Little Guitars, Little Guitars Van Halen off a of Diver Down. I like listen to Diver Down. I'm like, that's a great concept album. And then I found out that it was just all the bits and pieces they recorded on other things. They're like, Oh, we got to put out an album. Let's just throw all this crap together and this is what it is. This is maybe one of my favorite Van Halen songs ever because everyone is doing what they need to do. Everyone is Eddie's blasting. doing what he's doing. Alex is just raking those drums. And David Lee Roth, if you've seen or listened to current David Lee Roth, there are a bunch of TikToks going around. <laughs> he is... He is so... He's so sticky. He's so bad. Everything he's doing is absolutely... And I love everything he did in the 80s. But not love what he's doing right now in this this song. What he's doing now, like, and Sammy Hagar said it, like, you... He never did any voice lessons. He didn't care about any of that stuff. And Sammy Hagar is a technician. He was like... And he's they, also a tequila maker. He is. Uh, Speaking of someone who, who rose to prominence and is now trying to get back, I think we have him on the line right now. I believe. Ozzy Guillen, are you there, buddy? Uh, hey, my guy. <laughs> it's <laughs> both of us. <laughs> how, how are you guys? We're, we're good. Well, we're us two of us. Good. Us we're guy good. are good. How? What's going on with you? I'm curious, Ozzy Guillen, how, how you're how handling. You're, how, how are you as a person? And how are you handling all these changes in the rules of baseball? I know change is hard for you sometimes. I, I don't know about that. They, they, they're making the, the, the bags bigger than, than before. Yes. I don't know. I can see the bag fine. You can no, see Nobody it. ever said, that. hey, 
I can see where's the where's the home plate. Right. Where's that? Where's that first base? Where's this? I, I can see all the bags. I I don't know if they made home plate bigger, <laughs> but yes, the other bags were just to make sure in case someone they didn't want anybody tripping over anybody in that way. And but the other thing about it's also it's not it's not it's not a bag. It it's is not. never been a bag. It's, a it's never been a bag. It's a, bag. It's a base. It's, it's hard. It's too hard to be a bag. You can't, you can't put anything in there. Dude. But yeah. I don't like the pitch clock. You, you don't, don't like, like the, the pitch, pitch clock. clock. Tell what, us why. No. What don't you like no, about it? Because, because I don't need a... Don't, don't, don't rush me. Yeah. I, I like a snooze body in the morning. You, do. you know? <laughs> I hit... Let me tell you. People say, hey, smash that light. I smash that snooze. You smash the snooze. <laughs> I, I smashed that snooze. I, I, I hit it maybe 10, 15 times. Oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> come I set on, the man. alarm for about 6 in the morning, and then I hit about 10, 15 times. And around noon, <laughs> I pop my head up like a groundhog. <laughs> and I look around. I say, wait a second. Where's my wife? Where's the, where is everybody? And then I say, okay, okay. coast is clear. Right. Now I can walk around and make some egg uh, naked. Okay. Yeah. Sure. You like to make the eggs naked. And if you walk, if you wake at noon after pressing the snoo 15 times. Smash that snoo. After you <laughs> smash the snoo 15 times. And you wake up and you see your shadow. Is that six more weeks of summer? That's a, that. That's about. It's a six more week of summer, or it's about uh, three more beer before you get out of bed. Yeah, that I makes have sense. a little dorm. I have a dorm fridge that's at the foot of my bed. <laughs> yeah, but tiny. And my like wife said, "Why do you have that one, Ozzy?" I say, "I don't want to go all the way downstairs to get a beer." And yeah. sometimes you need it, like a. Some people need an inhaler. Yeah, right. I need to have a beer sometimes. A midnight I, beer. I, I, yeah, a middle I need of the night a, beer. I need a quick. Two, three beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how quick that is. Well, but. all right. So tell us, it, it, Oakland A's are leaving Oakland. They're going to uh, Las Vegas. Vegas. Is that a team you'd like to throw your hat in the ring to manage? Ozzy in Vegas? Come on. I mean, I I'm the, I belong in Vegas. I, I, mm-hmm. For about three months, I never told anybody about this, but I for about three and a half months, I was Chris Angel understudy. You, you were Chris <laughs> Angel's yeah, understudy in Vegas? He was going through something, and I, and, yeah. and I said, wait a second, I can do that stuff. And okay. then they hang me upside down. They drop no. into the middle of this theater, and I, I don't know if it's a flamingo. I don't know where that yeah. one is, but it's, let me tell you, you it did not go well. It did not go well. It did not go well, but um, because I don't like to hang upside down, and you they don't. put me in the chain like that. I thought it was going to be more like a card brick or, yeah. you know, with the bunnies and the dog, but yes. it was not that. No, no, no he yeah. doesn't do he that. He does crazy stuff. Does I mean, he's he's swinging from stuff, and, and that's he's the... in great. He's a great shape. I'm not in that kind of shape. No, he, you aren't in that kind of shape. He's got a lot anymore. of abs. What we've said, always said about Chris Angel, and I think you'll appreciate too this. many abs for magic. You only need one ab to do magic, and that's abracadabra. Is Are that we right? right? Yeah, that's. Right, and then I don't need yeah because I don't need a comedian that looks uh, so hot. Yeah, I don't right. need a magician that have twenty four abs. Yeah, yes. you know, you too, many abs. Abs. too many abs. Too many abs. And, and, that, and that's the moment. I would go to Vegas. I would go to Vegas. I, I have a lot of friends there, sure. and I think I could do a great job with that team. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing I would do different with that team is I would start to uh, use something other than a minor league baseball player. Ooh. Oh, so, so you? you want- yeah, I like to use a major league baseball <laughs> player for that team. <laughs> You, you think that would be an upgrade from what they're doing they're right now? They're only using minor league players is what you're insinuating. Yeah, Billy Bean, Billy Bean that they made a movie about that yeah. with, with, you know, with Brad Pitt. Great movie. It had uh-huh. Jonah Hill when he was still fat. Yeah, and we yes. all know that was the good Jonah. Yeah, yes. good Jonah. Not less Nobody controlling. Nobody wanted to see the skinny Jonah. Yeah. yeah. 
He's too no, good. But so, so that, yeah, and then, and, but no, that's not, it's not money ball. It's not working there. The yes. last time they was good was when they have the Bash brother and yeah. they have a Ricky Henderson. Yeah. Well, can, uh, yeah. Can I say that you sound like your spirits are very high and you like sound like you're it. in a good I like place. It. I is like that it. true? I mean, is that how you really are feeling? Yeah. How, it, tell us, really. <sighs> you know, I was feeling good in them, but when you ask me about that, yeah. every time you say to me, well, hey, you sound good, but how are you? Yeah. And now I'm thinking about it. And I, now, you know what? It's a hard time right now. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. hard time for the odds. They they so they're speeding up the pitcher. Mm-hmm. They everyone's feeling the squeeze. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and uh, you know we have the strike on right yeah. now. We have two two strikes. Yeah. Two strike. You're not out, but three strikes. We would have been out, but but the DGA. I, I don't need to tell you about that. I'm very invested in. The I know you know so much about the actor strike. Ozzy again, you know so much about the strike going on in Hollywood. I, because I I need fresh content. I'm not going to just keep watching the old season of The Bear. Yeah, no, that's right. That makes sense. You need yeah, your need fresh a, content. I agree. Great show. Great show. By the way, by Chicago. I don't know why they didn't call me about that for episode six. I would have been perfect in that, and I live in Chicago for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. You would have been. You would have been in the fed, Christmas dinner episode. The, if Ozzy Guillen showed up in the Christmas dinner episode of let, The Bear, Seven Fishes. You, let me ask you something. You telling me I would not have been better as the dead brother than John Burntall? You, I mean, <laughs> you would have been spicier. You would have been. I would have brought a lot. I would have brought a lot more to that table, and I, I, I can, I can do it. I have. I like to use a Meisner exercise. You, you do, do Meisner. Yeah, I like a Meisner. I like to really I lose myself on the character. I'm I'm like a Daniel Day Lewin. Daniel Day Lewis. Lewis. Lewis, Yeah, I'm like a Daniel Day Lewin. I'm like a (laughs) Philip Seymour Hawkman and all the guys. I I can do all that stuff. You love all those Uh, guys. A lot of people don't know that year we won the World Series. I don't need to remind you about that. Yeah. I was actually the entire time I was pretending to be Tony LaRusso. Oh. That was my. That was the whole thing like, I was doing. That was my approach wow. as a as a as an actor as a manager. Yeah. And so, we, as you were preparing and pretending to be Tony Russo, that's when you took him to a World Series championship. Amazing. That's what we did. It was me. It was it was Bobby Yank. Bobby it Yanks. Was, uh, all the Paul Canercos and all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those guys. It's wonderful. And well, I only tell you about one one Uribe. I mean, the body type, uh, the, the average <laughs> body type on my team was was beer league softball. The, in the yeah, beer league softball. We talk about Chris Angel have twenty four. Uh, my, my team on the on the two thousand five World Series championship team, they might have three ab among the active roster. Three ab on the whole team. Three ab yeah, on the whole to team. Share. To all right. share. So all right, yeah. I want you to have a. Why do I want you to have a podcast with Bobby Jenks? Bobby, I wish it could happen. Bobby I really Yank. do. It's well, so fun it, to talk to you. It would be so good because we have a great rapport. Um, we we have a lot of the same. Uh, we have a lot of the same hobby and interest. We just have a different metabolism. I think you guys should. <laughs> I think you guys should do prank calls and call it crank jankers. Crank, crank, crank janker. That's a good one. And I think he's somewhere. You know what? I think he's doing. I think I, I my my thing. If I remember correct, he's a, he's a professional noodler. <laughs> <laughs> he's down in the swamp, like in the Kentucky, in the river, and he he catches a big catfish in the tarpon with just with his, his hands. hands. You know about the noodling? Yes. I've heard of yeah. this. Yes. I've heard it. I smashed the snoo and I smashed the noodling. Yeah. I know uh, that thing. That's a great. We're By the way, there's nothing more American. No, no, nothing more American. Baseball, yeah. apple pie, I don't care about that. Most American thing of all time, it's not NASCAR, it's noodling. Noodling. 
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Fish, you shove the fist in the fish mouth. Yeah, yeah. And you and pull, pull it, it out, out when it, it out. eats your elbow. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I look. I, I wish we could be up to our elbows in stories with you and Bobby Jenks, but we appreciate. Hey, Ozzy, we appreciate you. Thank you for coming on the show, and and good, good luck, luck with to everything, you. my man. Uh, hey, I love you guys. I'll be safe you. out there. Okay. Thanks, look buddy. But Ozzy, Gant, I mean, is come on. Better? Is there it's anything better? better than a I believe that was Ozzy again. Uh, I want to go to a sports update right now. I want you to too. Uh, Marco Balotelli, love this dude. Well, I am very excited. Jay and I are our favorite sport is uh, collectively is college football, and we. We are literally on the precipice of fall camps breaking, and I'm very excited to have this gentleman on. He is the head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats football team, formerly a Louisville Cardinal, uh, Cardinals, Cardinals, Stanford Cardinal, Louisville, Louisville Cardinals. Cardinals. Scott Satterfield joins us right now. Scott, how you doing? Hey, how, coach. How you feeling on the precipice of fall camp? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, we're feeling really good. We've had a we've had a really good summer. Guys have worked hard, just like everybody across the country. And uh, you know, we added some new guys this summer, so it was fun to kind of watch them work out and you know get involved with our program. And so, uh, you know, we're excited about it. It's here. Um, start practice Wednesday, so um, yeah, uh, we're 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 ready to rock and roll. Is, is this the time of the year where you like literally can't sleep at night because you're like, wait. <laughs> You're it's thinking cr- about it's everything Christmas. cycling. It's through. Christmas for the coaches that you get back it, in and it, get it a is. chance to work. Well, there. you know, I try. I've been doing this for a little bit, so mm-hmm. we try to relax as much as we can. Yes, leading up to that that first team meeting, you know, and then yeah. uh, and then it's on, you know, because the season's a long season. Um, you know, when you start, you know, like we said, we start right here the first of August. It's not going to be done till you finish your bowl game, and right, you know, and so it's it's every day, seven days a week. You know, it's all season. So we try to we try to relax as much as we can in the summer, and and then when it's time to go, it's it's go time. But uh, but it, yeah, it, it's it's exciting. It's here. It's uh, we're ready to rock and roll. Ready to go. I don't think people realize how successful Cincinnati has been as a program and what you're stepping into. I mean, as successful as Notre Dame. I mean, this is a program that Randy and I were talking about. Cincinnati basketball in the 90s was one of those sneaky good programs that made it to Final Fours. I mean, Cincinnati is one of the few teams that's made it to a playoff. So you're stepping into this program. You know, obviously, there's a lot of expectations now on this thing. Are you feeling that? And how do you deal with that as you step into a new program? There's no question, you know, the amount of success that Cincinnati football had, um, you know, for many years, and mm-hmm. particularly, you know, with Coach Fick in the yeah. last, you know, five or six years. I mean, just really uh, incredible. You can go back with some of the coaches, you know, previous with Brian Kelly and, mm-hmm. you know, some of the other guys, D'Antonio, but, you know, many years ago. So, so yeah, there, there's a lot of great history here of some really good football, some outstanding football players that have come through this program and, right. and some of the ones that are <laughs> – you know, some of the best of their position in the NFL right now played here, you know. And so um, there's a lot a lot of that here. So, you know, we've come in here. We, I recognize all that and love all that, you know. But we know it's a new era now. We're headed into a new conference going into the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do think there is a difference, obviously, when you're playing, you know, a group of five schedule compared to a power five schedule week in and week out. It's, you know, certainly a cumulative effect you know, leaning against those big guys every single week. So, mm-hmm. um, so there is, there's a lot of differences now and, you know, we're at new, new conference, new coaching staff, a lot of new players, um, you know, so, so yeah, but we're, we're excited about the new era, uh, the things that's going on here at Cincinnati. I mean, the things we're doing, we're building a, a state of the art center, $134 million project that that's already underway for, you know, nice uh, big time indoor um, and you know, performance center that will that will house our football program. There's just a lot of great things that are happening here. Um, 
so yeah, we're excited. I mean, our first our first Big Twelve game is Oklahoma. I mean, how can you not be I excited? Mean, how, to, you know, to be able to play that. How can you not? So, so question for you: As you build a team in this era of transfer portal, in this era of NIL and whatnot, trying to build a team where your upperclassmen can sort of install the the mentality, the the personality you want your team to have. How diff- How much more difficult is it now where you used to have guys who are like, all right, I'll wait three years and then I'll get my shot at that point. Guys aren't wanting to wait anymore. I think it's the hardest time you ever. to kind of for- recruit your own team. It's the hardest time ever for coaches right now. Just talk about that a little bit if you can. Yeah, it, 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 you're, you're exactly right. I mean, roster management. Is one of the most difficult things we have to do in college football now. And you mentioned it. You are you have to recruit your own team. You have to recruit the high school level, and then you have to recruit in the portal. That's right. You know, particularly when you have the transition from a new to a new staff like we had. You you know, inherently you're going to lose guys um, sure. because of the, you know when the new coach is coming in or when the old coach is leaving. So, um, and we've had to replace a lot of guys. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and that that is extremely difficult to put it in perspective. There is one scholarship wide receiver on our team that was on the team last fall. Mm, wow, one. I mean, wow. one. So, I mean, you usually have around eleven, ten or eleven scholarship wide receivers. Uh, we have one remaining on the, from the last team, so it's a whole new room. And you know, we have one returning starter on offense. So, you know, there's a lot of there is some rebuilding going on with that. Um, you can do it quicker with the portal. We added some guys that that have you know, had some great production at their previous school that we brought in here, you know, so that does help as opposed to just getting, you know, freshmen coming in to try to replenish your roster. So, um, but it is threefold and, and it is more, it is very difficult now, particularly when you involve the NIL piece uh, in this. And I know there's a lot of coaches that have spoke on this, you know, where, you know, it's, it's a lot of free agency in college football that's going on right now. It makes it even more difficult you know, it's not just about building relationships anymore, you know, and, and sometimes, uh, you know, the guys that are willing to give the biggest NIL deal are going to end up getting some of these players. Um, and we're seeing it in recruiting off the high school rosters as well. Right. You know, in, in the recruiting aspect. So it, it, it certainly changed a lot since 2020, and, and we're continuing to see the change. But I'm sure we're gonna, they're going to try to implement some new rules, try to get some guardrails as, uh, around this NIL as we move forward. And so you talk about bringing in guys from the transfer portal, guys who have seen and had snaps at the college level. So those guys aren't coming in all wide-eyed, have no idea the speed of the game and whatnot. They might be coming from another conference where, like you said, you guys are entering the Big 12. So it's like, you know, you're playing in the Big 12. That's a different conference than at Power 5. But still, you got guys with experience. So th- that question is is answered. They know what they're yeah. about to expect. But it is learning the system. Do you guys have to simplify your system a little bit more in this day and age just because you're like, I'd rather they pick it up then make it so complicated that guys are making mistakes. Oh, one hundred percent agree with that. I, but I, you know, that's kind of been my philosophy for years. You know, going all the way back when I was at App State, we won three national championships, beat mm-hmm. Michigan in '07. I mean, Ouch. I, we try to keep it simple. Keep it simple. Then, I mean, you know, yeah. we, we, that's just kind of been how we try to do things anyway. But to your point, more more so now than ever. Uh, you know, again, we got a whole new room of receivers, and in order for those guys to play fast and to be productive on the field as a wide receiver, they're gonna they're gonna have to know what to do. Mm-hmm. Now, to keep it the most simple you can possibly keep it, then they can play faster. Now, you know, we did bring two starters over from Louisville that that were there with us. Mm-hmm. So they know our offense. That 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 is helpful. Sure. Uh, you know, D. Wiggins and Braden Smith. 
Um, you know, and then Xavier Henderson led Florida in receptions last year, so obviously he can play. So we want to try to make it simple for him to get out there and make some plays. Aaron Turner came in from Connecticut, who had 92 catches at Connecticut. So, you know, we want to make it make it make it so those guys can go out and play fast. So you certainly do that. And also on the defensive side of the ball, you know, the, you have to keep it simple on that side because the way these offenses are running tempo offenses, sure. you got you got to be able to decipher, you know, what formation they in, are they in, what field zone, and Let's get a call. You know, let's get a call. They're getting ready to snap the ball. <laughs> so you know, so yeah, it, it's certainly a, a big aspect of our program is to try to try to make it simple all the way around. All right, last question for you before we let you go. Uh, if you were to right now in a perfect world say this is as as we're going into a bowl game, whatever that bowl game is, you look back at the year, you say this is the identity of Cincinnati Bearcat football. If you could break it down into a couple of words, what do you want that identity to be right now as we are about to go to fall camp? Just hard nosed, you know, physical blue collar type team. You know, sometimes you're gonna win ugly, but as long as you win, and I don't think it matters. But that's kind of how we want to be known. I love it. I love it, Scott Satterfield. Appreciate you. <laughs> Fun to root for you. We're Fun to root, root for, for you. you. We will. You ripped our hearts out as University of Michigan fans with App State, but we give you credit and uh, good luck this season. Hey, really appreciate it, guys. Thank you. There you go. Good night, now.